Okay, good to go, sir. Hi, Steve. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Um, wonderfully. Normally, this is a good? positive. This is a positive podcast. I feel like this will be our weekly therapy session for at least the first twenty minutes, and then we'll be okay afterwards. Um. Anyways, this is the Stuff Summer Says podcast with Steve. This Steve. Steve, we've got a couple things to talk about today. Uh, the Michigan game, the Minnesota game, the stadiums, uh, and or I'm sorry, not the stadiums, stadiums and stadium deals. Um, okay. And then this week's old guy, young guy that I almost just spoiled, but it's might be. Bottom so. If you're listening now, stick to the end because he's he's yeah. excited about this, which means it's going to be bad for me. I'm I'm fascinated by this one because I I I could see it either going horribly, horribly horrible, or really well, <laughs> impressingly well. Um, anyways, um, you ready? I'm ready. Yep. Okay. Um, you still hearing "Hail to the Victors" in your ears or what? Yeah, it's not great. It's 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 such a bad song. It's such a bad song. Like the, there's like an the one syllable. Is like an extra syllable in the song and just doesn't add up and make sense. Um, and the band only plays that song. This is my opening rant for the day. This is what I'm going to complain about, not Penn State's performance. I I don't know. It's, I, it's just the whole Michigan experience always sucks. And it sucked more, even more on Saturday. That is now the fourth time I've gone to Ann Arbor. And that is now the fourth loss that I've seen. Um, so, yeah, I don't know why we keep going back, but we keep going back for some reason. Um, all right, let me, uh, let me, let me think about where I want to go, but I'm going to let you lead off the conversation today. What were your thoughts on Saturdays? I didn't know Michigan. I mean, I thought Penn State could win. I thought they would win. I think I said they would win. I, I, I guess I hadn't watched enough Michigan to know they were that good, but I don't know that they would. My thoughts were, is it looked like, it looked a lot like last year when Penn State was five and zero. It looked a lot like Penn State's line play has looked like for the past decade and a half at times. So it was frustratingly similar. Was my thought, and and, and what comes into the mind of a what comes into my mind because I'm often more not as not as positive as I am negative, and I'm often more cynical. Is I'm like, yep. Here we go. And, and if this was stated by the Penn State coach three or four years ago or whatever it was, this is not an elite program. And this is what not an elite program looks like against really good teams. And Penn State isn't there this year for sure. And I don't know about next year. So we'll see. I mean, you know, they could beat Minnesota, lose to Ohio State, and you end up with two losses. And it's not horrible from where they were last year. But you're still not. What's happening what's happening doesn't make this program look like the investment they've made in it towards success playing itself out on the field from my eyes. Do you think here, here's kind of what I've been pondering and, and wondering is like, did we do this to ourselves collectively collectively as in the fan base? Like we talked about it before the season. I did not think this team was going to be that good. I thought they were, at best, an eight and four, nine and three ish team. Still, very much could be a nine and three team. There's a lot of problems if they're an eight and four team. I think at this point in the season, because given who's left on the schedule and the athletes mm-hmm. that you do have, you should be able to beat the other other teams that you should be able to beat. 
I think the general consensus amongst Penn State people, like Penn State fans, was they're going to be okay this year. They're going to be okay, just okay, very much okay. That probably that eight and four, nine and three range. I think I was surprised when we had like Mark Wogenrich on the team um, and, or on the podcast, and he said that the team was going to be 10 and two was very feasible, very possible. And I, as the season kind of started, it was like, hmm, this team looks different. And I, I said that this team looks different and I thought they did. And then I wondered if this team truly was different and it really looked that way. And there were, were step backs, but sure, you can blame it on the rain. You can play it, blame it on looking ahead, those types of things. And I think there was a lot of that going on. Ultimately for me, like, I'm just wondering, like, did we put the cart before the horse too much? That being said, I have to think that Saturday's loss was probably in the top five worst losses of Franklin's Penn State career. I don't know if I I expected it to be. I didn't think Penn State was going to like. I thought that there was a chance that Penn State could win. I didn't think they were going to win and didn't think there wasn't a chance. I didn't expect it to be a beatdown in the run game the way it was. And I think to me, that was like the confirmation that we all kind of thought that was the secondary is very good. The line might be okay, but boy, those linebackers are, are kind of meh, very much meh. And I think outside of Abdul Carter and maybe Curtis James one play, like I didn't notice them at all on Saturday. And I think ultimately, I think that was kind of like, this is the Penn state team that we all expected it just so happens that now there's a real chance they can go 10 and 2 versus maybe an 8 and 4 8 and 3 or 9 and 3 season so i think that would be kind of my big takeaway i think i was i was pretty disappointed with the big runs that they let up because that's just something that penn state doesn't really do like i it's been a while like since i've seen it happen not once but twice in a game and that happened you know, really twice on two big touchdown runs. That annoyed me as a Penn State fan from the tradition aspect. Um, but I think that's also what you get with the Manny Diaz defense, where it's either crash and succeed or crash and burn. And on Saturday, it was crash and burn. The offense stuff didn't really bother me terribly much. I think it's more so just the players needing to make the plays. There were some hand balls to the hands that weren't caught that probably could have gone for first downs. There were balls thrown for seven yards when they needed to go eight yards. And I think that's just little things that you can correct over the course of a season. I'm not hitting the panic button. I don't think drew Alar is the, the answer. And I don't, I, I've kind of sort of thought that all season long. I ultimately think that Saturday's game is one of those much like they did the last one of the last times they got one day in Arbor take the tape, bury it in the field at Lash, and and leave it there. And, and I guess they didn't do that. They they actually really paid attention to it and, and went through it. But I don't know. I, I I think. Well, that one a couple of years ago, right? That was the one that was different because all the linebackers were hurt, right? And, and, right? and And it was the one you could throw away as the blip on the season. So if this ends up being the blip on the season, okay, there's just some, there's some big things that are more than a blip. The line play is more than a blip. Like it's it's going to be, that's just, they're as good along the lines as they're going to be, which is good enough to beat most teams, maybe 10 this year, maybe nine, 
but not enough to beat probably Ohio State and Michigan, which is, or at least that's the assumption. Like, I don't want to overreact to what happened Saturday, but it it was ugly for a healthy team and for a team that had an extra week to prepare. And that, you know, I mean, I guess that's the other thing, right? You'd like to see something. What'd you do with that week? Show me some little wrinkle that you didn't do. And maybe we didn't see it because it just wasn't executed poorly and or it was executed poorly, but there was no, I don't know, there was no little, there was no little wrinkle. There was no little different. There was no little spark thing. And you had an extra week to come up with something. I said that legitimately right before the Sean Clifford long run. I said to Anna, I was like, they need something. Like they look bored. Like they don't look like they're into this game. And I think it was kind of one of those we've been here before. We know what's going to happen today. Let's just get it over with type games. And, <laughs> and I, I think that got into their head. And I, I think that is somewhat the problem with the one and O thing is it's nice in theory, but I just really wish that he would get away from that. I really do. I, I think, I think it's time. Well, and it's, and maybe, this, was. and maybe we're not done with Michigan yet. And I don't know if this makes the right, if this is going to transition this to Minnesota, or we need to beat up Michigan more, but it's a media thing. Like everybody's buying, not everybody. I read it three places and maybe heard it once about James Franklin's psychology major. He's going to put that, he's going to put that psychology degree to, to work this week and help his team and push the right buttons. And that's what he's got to do. Stop it. Like, yeah. I don't believe that a guy, whether he was a psychology major or whether the coach for Penn state was a health ed major, I don't think they're pushing any buttons differently this week than they would, than the other guy would with a degree. And, and I think that's a, a weak media effort at something trying to just tell a story or do something that's just wrong. Like, I just don't believe he's any more well-prepared because his undergraduate degree was in psychology than Nick Saban is to help a team bounce back from a loss. That's, that's just silliness. Um, so yeah, it, it does feel like we've been here before. And we have been here before as fans, and they have been here before as players, which makes the next two games interesting. I mean, the, the, the one that matters is, is Saturday because, I mean, I think everybody has an assumption about the one, but the one two Saturdays is going to be from now. Maybe, maybe they'll play out of their minds and be different, but you can't screw up this Saturday no matter what, or yeah. the fans will be resting. And then, you, I mean, you could still get to nine and three on this season, which you'd have taken at the beginning of the season. But nine and three feels a lot different if it's three in a row all of a sudden. In the heart of the schedule. Exactly. Yeah, I think – I don't know. I, I I think, like, with this weekend, like, I – we can fast forward at this point. Like, I think this weekend is – it's it's very much a must win, but it's it's one of those – like, I, I said this earlier today. I don't remember ever – a whiteout going into a whiteout game with this much anxiousness about the game. Like it kind of feels like everybody's got Kevin's bowl of chili and they're afraid for it to drop. And if it drops, then Oh crap. Um, I think to me, like I hate the term must win. I think it's cliche, but I, I really think that this is a moment that if you're going to be say that you are different. And I think that's kind of been the the message of this season is they've seemed like they they're going to be different and maybe it like you said maybe that last weekend was a blip then you win and you win con very convincingly i think ultimately like it's annoying that a run team comes into state college but i think 
you and I both know that that stadium is very much different on a Saturday night when it's a whiteout versus any other time of the year even. And so I think that helps. I think also like Minnesota really hasn't played in a big game on the road in quite a long time. Um, And I think that's like PJ Fleck. I don't think, not to sound like a cocky Penn State fan, but I don't think P.J. Fleck knows what he's walking into. Kirk Chiraca, well, Kirk Chiraca can't tell him because there weren't fans in, in 2020. But, you know, people could tell him. But I think once you experience that that situation, it's completely different. I think ultimately, like, as long as Penn State wins, I think they can really do have a shot against Ohio State, mainly because that game is at home. And then maybe the, mm-hmm. the fan base is reinvigorated. And then you realize, okay, like, you get by this game, hmm. You're in a you're looking at potentially an eleven and one season, and hmm. There's been eleven and one teams that haven't won a conference before go to the playoff, um, and who knows what happens with Michigan? They they could still lose. They haven't really played anybody outside of Penn State, even though they handled Penn State like they really haven't handled them. Um, you know, I think ultimately that's a big question mark. There's I don't think I. I walked away from Saturday having more question marks than I thought I was going to, but I think we all were going to have big question marks out of last Saturday coming into this game, unless it went a completely different direction. Yeah. And this is just a different, it's a different white ox. It's not Ohio state or Michigan, right? I mean, those, those, you kind of knew what you were in for. There was excitement. This is, there's just so much. I don't think Penn state's fan base is ready to be grumpy, but if they struggle a little bit against the team that's against it's Minnesota, it's not Ohio state or against Michigan. They've lost last week. Expectations have been perhaps heightened into a level that they shouldn't have been beforehand just because they were five and oh, you've got the quarterback thing simmering just a little bit. You've got the James Franklin stuff always simmering. It seems, you know, just because, um, yeah, I mean, I think they win this weekend. I don't, I don't, I think it's a different atmosphere than Minnesota's been in. They've hosted big games. Penn State was one of the big games they hosted, but it's still whatever, wherever they're playing, it was a TCF field or whatever it was, or TCF stadium that they were out there, isn't what this place is going to be like on Saturday night. It's just not. Um, so, and Penn State plays well at night under Franklin. Like they're like 19 and six with him. They, yeah. they do play up to the big games at night, it feels like. So, I think this will be one of those games that makes things feel better. And maybe they're, and, and, and the reality is they're not awesome, wonderful, great six and oh, but they might be, you know, you know, seven and one till it's over or whatever, six and one going into Ohio State and, and you see what happens. Yeah. And I think six and one is, again, still above expectations. I think it's just we're all, everybody's having the whole, panic freak out that we've been having for the last however many years but i think we all kind of just got forgot got lost in the previous seasons uh or, or previous seasons hysteria that we kind of get wrapped up into again right um, exactly. so and i think i mean good teams are gonna lose like i and i'm not saying penn state's a good team i don't think they're a bad team i don't think they're a great team but you look at however many national championships there's been recently that they've been a one loss team. Like I, I don't, I'm not sitting here saying that I could think this team can compete for a national title by any means, but 
still this like this season is it over and i think that that is going to be the learning lesson that penn state has to figure out um and that's ultimately how are they going to learn from what happened saturday have they learned from what's happened all these other years are things going to compound or are they going to stop and if they stop then that's great and you've learned the lesson and it's even better if you go into the ohio state game and you beat them there right but So I think ultimately, who knows, maybe this whiteout, as much as people kind of complained about it and weren't excited about it, I think might be coming at the perfect time. It's, you know, it's like when you're sick and your mom makes her favorite soup and, well, not my mom, she doesn't cook very much, but um, you know what I'm saying. So you got got all kinds of history bubbling up this week. First car, favorite soups, holy cow. All the analogies. Um, Steve, you're going to the game. I'm not. Um, a role reversal this season, so to speak. That's the truth. What uh, What are you excited about? First time as, as a fan inside Beaver Stadium. I'm beer. interested in seeing all the game day presentation stuff, right? I mean, well, the beer sales, right? How that's going to go for a big game. Um, I, the This is definitely right up my alley. And I, since I'm in the last row of the stadium, I won't feel like I'm preventing the lights from working, but the whole download the app and put your phone up to show the light show. If you look really closely, if everybody uses the ones, there's going to be one little blip out, out, not working. Cause I'm not lifting my phone up. I just, just, I'm sorry. That's not me. Um, I'm have the app for my tickets, but I'm sorry. Like I just, um, but I'll be interested to see how that comes off. Like it's great. They're trying some new stuff that way. Um, I think it'll be a good, energetic, energetic, fun crowd. Like I'm, I'm looking forward to, to going in and taking it all in, and it's not being as crazy cold and whatever else. Going to be a decent day. It'll be cold when the sun goes down, but it won't be miserable November cold. So I'm excited about it. It'll be a good cap to a long day. Uh, it's also chili cookoff weekend. Uh, who it is, is chili cookoff? In this this year's chili cookoff, who is the front runner? Our returning champion Sarah Crow is probably the front runner. Um, got like six or seven entries. So those of you that know where the tailgate is, feel free to stop by. We're going to be like six or seven. Uh, chili at two thirty, so we should have a winner by three fifteen, three thirty at the latest, um, and then more time to celebrate before we win the game. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. Um. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how I feel about this light thing. I'm interested to see like videos of it. Is that, I think it is cool when people turn their phone lights on. Like I think that's been one of the neater things that's happened. Uh, I'm interested to see how, I don't know how the technology works behind this app because you don't, it, it said you don't need cell phone service for this right. app to work. So I'm very fascinated by that. I think it's like tickets, right? Like once they're in your wallet. And I think with the app, once you've downloaded it, like I think that's the heavy lifting. Um, and I'm okay with it. I just, I don't know. There's just so much stuff that's, and, and it's fun. Again, we've talked about this before. I'm our, my college is the college that promotes, gets, puts the people and graduates the people that do game promotions and presentation and communications and stuff. Sometimes I just want to have a football game and there's enough, there's enough inherent excitement there because it's a big game and it's, it's at night and everybody's in white. Like sometimes more isn't better. Better is better. So I'll be interested to see how this comes off and it, what anything else they may or may not try to do because it's the whiteout and there's a new regime in charge and who knows what. I specifically thought of you this past weekend because Michigan must have honored every single person that was in that stadium 
they honored the 98 national champion or 96 or seven somewhere in that ballpark national championship team lloyd carr ron woodson michael phelps <laughs> which like good for them for having all of these people but like at the same time it was every commercial break was oh we're honoring this person honoring that person like are you honoring the peanut vendor now like so i thought about you this weekend um, i will say one thing that i am interested intrigued by is the the pom-poms this year did you see that that they're gonna have the, the official whiteout yeah the greatest yeah. show on in college football like we're, we're doing that again that's a thing we're making that a thing again apparently it's trademarked i don't know if you realize that did you know that no i didn't and i'm i was disappointed when they went away from it like i think if if it's what you're going to say you are go ahead and do it and whatever else so yes yeah yeah I'm, i'll be I'm happy to see that coming. into it i think yeah. i'm okay with them leaning into it i think you gotta you gotta make some effort to back it up i mean yeah if you watch tennessee last weekend right like it's kind of hard to Say definitely, but if you're consistent at it week to week, I thought they did a good job when they were championing that message a couple of years ago, doing it every week. And I thought it it was consistent. And I think there are little things like announcing the attendance and saying this is the largest crowd in, and they will be able to do it probably by that time. This is the largest, largest crowd watching a college football game today in the United States. Right. Right. Or, or whatever, like, you know, who knows? Or that I just think there's little things like that, little touches that can make it seem special and they're not hard to do. Yeah, no, they're easy wins, easy wins. But the tough part um, is, uh, while we're beating this up, but the tough part is it's hard for me to, to reconcile greatest show, biggest, different, and special, and then we're still running a race for some sponsor, right? I mean, that's the challenge. There's, there's, there's that balance if you need the money from the sponsors, but you don't want it to feel like minor league baseball and nothing against minor league baseball, but you want to make it feel special and unique and at a different level as opposed to we're draining every penny we can out of our sponsors to do this and this and this and show you stuff. You tell them, Steve. Steve I'm sure they'll Steve listen. Steve does not like the Uts race. So sorry to the Uts. I think if the it's better than the cars from last year. Yeah, the cars were awful last year. The, the uniforms look better. a little lame. Like the outfits look a little lame, right? That's yeah, all. They don't need those. Like, I don't know. Also, give me like it's kind of hard to find Uts chips in the stadium. I don't know if you can even find Uts. Oh, chips that's in the interesting. Good point. Now I'm thinking about it, I think you can only get Lay's because Penn State's a Pepsi school. Right? Hmm. That's a good point. Maybe you can be our eyes on the ground. I will I'll check that out. When I'm checking out the beer options, I'll let you know. I'll report back. Will you get a beer? Uh, yeah, maybe. Just to say I did. Okay. I'm saving mine. I haven't decided for when. Like, I, It will have to be a game that Penn State is thoroughly winning, winning and then I'll go get it. Yeah, I mean, the, the odds are this could be my only time in the stadium this season, so I probably need to get it just to say I did it. Did it, yes. Um, okay, cool. Uh, anything else? Let's go. No, sir. I'm looking back. I don't know when I'm going to do some research. I don't know when the whiteout was in 2015 as we're talking. I'm trying to look now. 2015 so no, was... 2015 was the Michigan game. That was my senior year. It was the Michigan game, which was the last game of the season, so it was a I think it was a noon game. Okay, there we go. There it is. Okay. Because uh, it was the week before Thanksgiving. Bob was and Brock Hewitt, and Shannon Spake working the game that day. That I know. I just didn't know it was white game. White out game. Um, yeah, this is this will be the first time Penn, uh, Minnesota is the whiteout opponent. 
And I think the second game for Joe Tessitore to do a whiteout, but it's been a while. Oh, Joe, Joe's doing it and not. No, it's Joe Tessitore, Greg McElroy, and whoever their little partner is. Um, I'm not sure who that is. I'm looking. I just wrote it down. I just had it from this week. Yeah, we. I mean, that's the other kick, right? Like, and I would, I, I was probably more optimistic that that even if they lose to Michigan, that game day is coming because of the power of the whiteout. And I think that's a big perception thing, right? I mean, I've had a couple of people say, oh, you, you were always worried about game day, but it is. I mean, it, you go to, it goes to 12 yeah. places a year, right? Yeah, and if you're one matters. of them, that's, that, 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 there's, you know, there's fewer schools that are going to make the playoff. There are going to be fewer schools that host game day in a couple of years than make the playoff probably right. or some crazy thing like that. And it's just, it's a relevancy thing. So it's, and there's a different vibe on campus this week because it's not there. Even though it's homecoming, there's just still a little, cachet to that so but we get big noon kickoff next week uh-uh. um did not park at pioneer high school simply because big noon kickoff was there and i was like i'm not dealing oh. with that today so where'd you park over on the golf course it was okay. 70 dollars to park one car well it's 60 here and you don't even get a, you don't even get a green it's not- it was bad. I mean, it was, I was like, kind of like, although you don't have to walk very far. So it, it works out. Works out well. Uh, hold on. My Spotify has just randomly started. Playing the fight song again. That had to be funny. Yeah, that would have been funny. <laughs> um, okay. All right. Um, Steve, we're going to, we're going to discuss a topic. I don't think we've discussed this topic before. You had texted me earlier this week that and i, I kind of missed this it's kind of flown under the radar a little bit i think it's just because it's in the middle of the nfl season but nashville and nashville's mayor have pretty much agreed that they are going to finance and fund a new stadium now you pointed out that nissan stadium is actually a bit younger than me um so either i'm getting old or we are not holding on to st- stadiums as long as we, we can. Yes, it was erected in 1990 or opened in 1999. Steve, what is your take on this kind of new trend where we are just churning and burning through stadiums? And then we'll also get to the political side of using taxpayer dollars. So let's let's go with the churn and burn. Um, I think that, well, I think my answer for both of them is kind of the same. It just feels irresponsible. I mean, if I have to, I'll pick two words, it's greedy on the front end. Like my, it just feels, it, it is. It, we're going to find another another way to make more revenue out of this other stadium, whether the seats are different, whether there are more suites, whether there are whatever it is. And it's just another way to milk money out of people. And I get it, they're businesses, but it, it feels greedy. It feels ugly. It feels maybe not unethical because people are going to cough that money up. Um, so yeah, it, it just feels, yeah. Like it's one of those reasons where, okay, I, I don't know that I need to, and this is NFL, but it'd be hard pressed for me to like, okay, so now I need to pay this much money to go watch a game. Um, so yeah, cause ticket prices aren't going to get cheaper in the new place. Right. You know, they're going to talk about all the new amenities and the special seating areas and the, the bars and the food offerings and whatever else. And Nashville will do a hell of a job with it. And they'll find a way to make Nissan Stadium work as a great concert venue repeatedly or do motocross in there too and whatever else. Well, so there, have they you have looked at the plan? Have you looked at the plan? Are they knocking the Nissan down or not? 
So they are going to knock Nissan Stadium down, it appears, okay. and then take and they're building this the new stadium kind of sort of if you're standing at, at Broadway looking over the river behind Nissan Stadium. Yep, that's what I understand. And then they're going to they're going to build a new area. Theater. Yeah. Like a new downtowny type stadium developed area, which did we talk about the Braves? Did I talk about that? No. Uh-huh. Hmm. When we went to Atlanta, we went over to um where the new Turner Field, I forget what it's actually called. Um, initially I thought it was downtown. It is nowhere near downtown. It is right. like way out in the suburbs, but they've built this little metropolis specifically designed for this stadium there. There's a there's like a couple of very nice hotels. There's a um there are a couple of apartment buildings, there's like a main street type thing, and then you walk it, it all points towards the stadium. And I think that's interesting. Um and I think it was the first time that I've been to one of those complexes and said, wow, like they actually pulled this off. Normally I'm like, eh, I don't really like it when taxpayer dollars are used for uh, for these stadiums. And especially like, I think the Titans are only fitting like 63 million of the bill. That being said, if there's a city that can do this and pull this off and start making a shit ton of revenue off of it pretty quickly, it's Nashville. Yep. Like, I, I think this is a smart move by them, but I don't know if I, I understand. Like, I, I think ultimately at the end of the day, like there are other things that that money can go toward. And I think why not use those toward those, those fun things. Uh, right. I, I think that would be my, my big takeaway. Yeah. I'm on um, the same page. I yeah. will say, I wonder, so we went to Nissan stadium for the stadium series game and I've been to like nine NFL stadiums now. Nissan Stadium kind of sucks. Like it is very blah. It's very much just a blast stadium. It's the like if I was gonna pick a starter stadium, this is the one that I would pick type thing. So I wonder if this is like a keeping up with the Joneses thing. And I think that's that's what this all boiled into down to. Oh, I'm sure it's I'm sure that's a piece of it. And also the Nissan Stadium, and again, it's been 20-some years. When the Oilers came to Tennessee, they played in Memphis the first couple years with then to, to get to Nashville. So I'm sure they were trying to get something up and get it done and still be respectable. And they probably didn't get all the bells and whistles they wanted the first time to get it up and get it there. So this is probably their chance to, to have a do-over. And yeah, Nashville will do a wonderful job with it. It's just... I'm sure Nashville has some, you know, housing affordability issues, homeless issues, food issues that public money could probably better address yeah. um, on the whole than, than a stadium. But I'm sure they'll do a great job with it. It'll be full 300 days, well, maybe not 300, but between concerts and other events and other things that they'll do there, it'll, it'll be full pr- pretty regularly. And good on them to do it and they certainly know how to put together and present a show in nashville so that'll be nice too i have i'm just now discovering who owns the titans which is basically the daughter of the guy that founded the titans or the the oilers adam's daughter uh so it's interesting like they don't seem 
it kind of seemed more of the Bengals route that they don't the money like like they had the a little bit of I'm sure they had money, but they didn't uh um, not like Jerry Jones who's all oil money or, or or you know the Ford family that's all like they think they were kind of grandfathered in type thing in terms of of that. So you know I think that would be an interesting point to all the people that are like. We'll make make the owners pay for it. I do think you could probably make the team pay more than sixty some million dollars for a two point one billion dollar stadium that they're going to basically own and control uh, for the most part. Yeah, and I think um, I mean I think that the thing the Braves did and it'll happen there. It's happened in lots of Buffalo did it with the Sabers did it. The Pagulas did it with the Sabers in Buffalo in terms of a district. It probably might not be as big, but they renovate an area around their arena and and make it that stadium complex and whatever else. So that's the model. And especially if, if the ownership group has more than the footprint of the stadium, it's certainly a, a positive model for them. Yeah. Um, okay. All right. Anything else on the stadium that you want to discuss? No, I hope a few more get older than you before we get rid of them. No, that's all. Yeah, that, I, I think that was the biggest other surprise was how new that stadium is. I didn't really put two and two together and think that through but because the titans have really only been the titans like i think not as not terribly longer than me i mean or the oilers but yep but why well, don't so all right are you ready i'm sitting down and i'm always worried when you have that smile and oh, i don't know how this is going to go and you know perfectly well how it's going to go I, so I think, I, I think you welcome to the okay. embarrassed steve portion of the show if you stuck with us this long all right Steve, here is this week's old guy, young guy. It's a very simple question. How many Kardashians can you name? Oh, how many are there? Give me one second. And we're counting extended family. (laughs) I don't know. So there are 14 in the family tree oh, on Wikipedia. I can't do that many. Now, there that also includes spouses. Wow. Well, the mother has two spouses, right? Because the mother has Robert and Bruce Jenner slash whoever she is now, right? Okay. So you got so, three. So, so I, yeah, three. Well, I, didn't, I didn't know the name of the mother. I don't know her name. I know there's Robert and Bruce and or whoever she is and, and the mom. And then probably Kim and Chloe. You don't know. Wait, you don't know the mom's name. No. Okay, I'm giving you two and a half there. I, t- I told you. I'm going to be honest. Okay. Um, there's a Kim and there's a Chloe, right? Okay. Aren't they all like K's? Yeah. And then there's a dopey brother who looks like one of the brothers from Saturday Night Live when they make fun of the Trump brothers. Sure. Um, I think I'm done at Kim and Chloe, Robert and first, second husband, Bruce, whatever she is now. Okay. Whatever. okay. So- God, I've offended so many people, but I'm sorry. That's what That's what I know. So, you want What's any the mom's hints? name? What's the mom's name? Chris. Oh. Okay. Oh, yeah. Interesting, because it was Chris Jenner. Yeah. 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 Okay. No, all they're right. all like K's, right? Yes. Yes. You've got the two core, the, the two daughters from Rob and Chris of the three. There is one you are missing. You also... Oh, wait. There's a K. It's probably Kim. No, nope, I named. Nope. I said Kim and Chloe. You already said them. I said that one. 
Name is typically spelled with a C. Huh. I don't know. Okay. So it is Courtney, Kim, Chloe, and Rob. Those are the those are okay. Rob Kardashian's kids. Yep. Then there is Kendall Jenner and Kylie Jenner. Oh, uh, that's right. Yep. Okay. Now I've joined you on the Google machine. I see him now. Oh, wow. And how many, like, you at least know who Kanye is. Yeah, Kim's but I like just wanted to put him there. Like, I forgot, I forgot that they, that they were, whatever. I didn't, didn't worry about their social life and they're married, right? Because Travis Scott, somebody too, right? Yeah. Do you know, you know the band? No, I just know there's a, there was a burger, right? There was a, there was a burger, there was a McDonald's. No, that's a different Travis. Oh, that's Jesus. A, then no. Yeah. No. Okay. No, that's so. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Wait. Yeah, no, 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 you're good. You're right. I'm right. I'm right. You're wrong. Okay. Big surprise. Um, there's there's Kanye. Oh, the Tristan Thompson was married yeah, in the family, too. Wow. Yes, Tristan Thompson. Chloe likes the NBA men. Um, of course, say, you know man. Rob's wife, Black China. Of course, you know her. No, yeah, of course. Well, like, yes. and then my my personal favorite Kardashian, sort of Kardashian, is Scott because I think Scott is kind of the one that keeps them all relatively <laughs> grounded. Oh yeah, that was the guy in the show. Yeah, see, I just I I just do not kill brain cells with the Kardashians at all. And like those kind of shows. I was curious. You did okay though. Like you you. I know they exist. Got I know like, they're there. Yeah. So Robert Kardashian became famous for. This is pre you know, right? OJ's okay, there we go. OJ's buddy. Yeah, that's why he was a like. That's the only reason why he was famous, right? Like right. That was like, yeah. The OJ Simpson is the whole reason for this family. Exactly, which should be a cautionary tale in itself. Yeah. All right. Well, that was good. You did okay there. I'm I'm proud of you. I, okay, good. At least I knew they existed. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. They won't be at Penn State on Saturday night, but you know. No. Maybe there'll be some basketball games if we get good. There is somewhere a Penn State connection. I I once was told that there is a Penn State connection to the Kardashian family. I don't remember what it is. If anybody knows knows it, remembers it. It's like it's very it's all it's like more distant than like the Jonas brother one, or certainly more distant than like the the Ryan Seacrest one. Wow. And it's pretty distant. The more you know. Exactly. All right. Um, well, that was good. That was good. I'm I'm proud of you. Um, I'm proud of this podcast. It's a beautiful episode in this podcast history. Um, we have a podcast. You just listened to it. Um, if you can give us five stars, thumbs up, we would greatly appreciate that. We appreciate everybody listening during football season. This is kind of our we know this is our our main time. Um, so we, we appreciate that. Um other than that, we have Twitter handles. Mine is at Stuff Summer Says. Steve's is at Steve Sampson. Um, we have an email, Stuff Summer Says Podcast at gmail.com. We've got nothing else, right? That's it. Going once. Have a great week. Go watch the Kardashians.